listening to HR After Hours. Well, all righty. Tell me I'm great and call me Tony Hannah Hampton. How the heck are you today? <laughs> I am great. How are you? What's new in your world? Oh, life's been crazy. Life's been crazy. I'm just trying to uh, stay out of trouble here mm-hmm. at uh, Danzig Manor. What about you? Yeah, things are, are great. Work. I've been like we've talked about in other podcasts. I've been doing yoga quite a bit. However, this week I had a bit of what I like to call Amazon amnesia. Amazon <laughs> amnesia. I am not familiar with this <laughs> medical terminology. Please okay. uh, enlighten me, Mrs. Anna. <laughs> so I, as I've been getting into yoga, I have been purchasing yoga gear such as yoga pants, yoga tops, yoga blocks, yoga mats, all that good stuff. And uh, I had ordered some yoga clothes from a one of those discount websites. And I forgot, because sometimes they take a bit to ship out, I forgot. And then I ordered more from another website. And then this week, they all showed up. And now I have an ex- excess of uh, yoga clothing, which uh, Mr. Hampton is... Uh, <laughs> He's not too sure about why I need so many clothes for something I just started doing. So that's uh, that's what I like to call my Amazon amnesia. When you when you order things online so much and you f- forget what you ordered, uh, that's what I call Amazon amnesia. I had a spell of that. I had a definite bout with Amazon amnesia before. And then I found this website where I could buy all this cool stuff from China like these bootleg t-shirts, oh you know, old goodness. rock band t-shirts and jerseys and things like that. And the thing is, when you order from China, you might get it in three weeks. It might be three, four months. So yeah. it was like, you know, every every time I got a package in the mail, it was like Christmas because I had no idea <laughs> what I had ordered because it was so long ago. And I'm sitting there trying to figure it out. And then I'm ripping the package open. And if you've ever ordered anything from China, mm-hmm. um, it really smells. It's It takes a while to air it out, especially when I would buy jerseys and things oh, like interesting. that. But I would. I would find all these crazy bootleg things they would do. Like I, I got a Michael Jordan uh, Washington jersey. But instead of it being the Wizards, it's a Bullets, Washington Bullets jersey. Huh. So, you know, stuff like that. And um, it would it would take anywhere from usually six weeks to one time, I think, four months. Wow. And so it's it a good way like to surprise yourself. Not good yeah. for buying other people gifts because you never know when it's going to make it. <laughs> so uh, what are we what are we going to talk about today? What's on what's on tap for our uh, show today? Well, funny you should ask. What? So. You and I have had some conversations outside of the podcast. Uh, you know, we don't talk as frequently as we used to because we've both been so busy. But I have discovered that on more than one occasion, we've had this common theme that we really haven't dissected or discussed personally or on the podcast before. And that is the cancel culture. The cancel culture. Okay. Well- yes. How would you explain that to a listener who may not be familiar with it? You know, there seem to be uh, a few different takes on it. The way I would describe it is it's just it's when they just decide that someone must be punished for a deed. And basically 
the, the term cancel culture, one of the origins is that it comes down to saying that you're canceling their power or their mm -hmm. influence or their popularity. Okay. Uh, this decision that we must punish a celebrity or politician or someone that has influence, we must basically strongly punish them by saying that they no longer matter. Is how I guess gotcha. I summed up. Well, that's like, a good way to explain it. Yeah, there have been a few examples, and it's come about quite a lot lately. But like, remember last year? I think the the best example of just bam, bam, uh, cancel was the whole uh, Roseanne Barr incident last yeah, year. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to explain it. Where uh, Roseanne had tweeted something that was offensive, and people were like, "Boom, she's canceled." It's kind of like. We've decided, or whoever's leading this movement, I shouldn't say we because I don't think I'm really a part of this part of our culture, but it's basically saying there must be repercussions for so-and-so's action, and uh, we've decided it's taking their career away from them. You know, James Gunn had that happen to him last year. The thing is, it seemed like last year with the momentum of Me Too, yep. where that's where I think the cancel culture should have been, right? And it... it more or less was we had a couple of victims of that and some not necessarily rightfully so because they were you know not really accused of horrible deeds i you know as the me too movement uh thing happened and it escalated and then all of a sudden people were looking for the next thing to hold on to you know that's where some people kind of got the short end of the stick because it was really kind of a stretch and the good news is we're seeing some people recover from that the ones that were wrongfully accused or the, you know, the punishment didn't fit the crime, whatever sure. it is. And sometimes it takes other celebrities saying, hey, hold on now. I think this is a bit much like the Kevin Hart thing. You know, he, mm -hmm. he had made some um, homophobic jokes in his past. And everyone was like, well, we shouldn't have him host the Oscars. And I think that, you know, that gets touched on in Dave Chappelle's latest stand up as well. Uh, but I, you know, I definitely I, I think you make a the way that you said it, where the the punishment doesn't fit the crime. That's a that's a good way to explain it. So let's you know let's talk about how does that how does that work in the workplace? Because I know in Hollywood we all are privy to that information, and I think Harvey Weinstein is a, is a good example where people canceled him rightfully so. I I almost think that that punishment is not even enough for the things he did, but that's a whole other topic. But Let's talk about how to, how, what are your thoughts of, of in the workplace? Do you think cancel culture is going to trickle into the everyday workplace outside of Hollywood? Oh, it absolutely already has, Hannah. I've seen it. Okay. Um, I watched someone where, because he wasn't going to promote someone, that that particular person tried to turn it into a complete campaign against him and that mm. he treated her unfairly. And uh, I had to kind of jump in the middle of it at one part and and try to reel it in and, and deal with if you know, and to do an investigation to see if there were really any true incidents of unfairness or impropriety on his point. But sh this individual had taken, you know, she basically formed a, you know, a, a, a angry mob to say that we must rise against this person because they won't promote her. And um, it, it 
it was a mob mentality. It was something so, where everyone just, oh, but she's the best. She should be promoted. And he's like, well, here's the list of reasons why I didn't promote her. And she hasn't even effect- effectively executed the basic job descriptions of her current role. And I've given her assignments to help develop her. And she didn't do any of those things. Why would I promote her? Let's take a step, step back because that's a great example. Uh, I think one of the things that you were pointing out is people, I, I don't want to say jumping to conclusions, but it's it's like it's coming up with the outcome before you've had an investigation, before people have spent the time to look into the scenario. And I think what, what what's scary about the cancel culture in the workplace is that people need to take the time to look at all the facts. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I look at, it's like feelings are not facts. So are our companies hopefully taking the time to investigate, look into the scenario before making a decision. And again, people who, who aren't involved in investigations are outside of it. They don't, they're not taking that into consideration. Sometimes you're only hearing one side of the story. So I'm sure, you know, this individual, of course, was sharing with friends or coworkers her side of the story, but not the entire picture of what's going on. Well, you know, I've always said there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really why I brought up this topic is, there, it is when I see anything that is unfounded or, you know, I don't know why I came up with the term mob mentality, but I love it. And it's just like, get them or get her, mm-hmm. you know, they must pay. Sometimes the problem with that from a work standpoint is they try to take it upon themselves to decide what the right outcome is. And like you said, without having the HR investigation or trying to almost pressure Mm -hmm. the HR manager or associate into a desired outcome. And well, let me put it this way. How many times have you had someone that after you investigated and and Mm -hmm. came to a resolution or an outcome of an incident where they've accused someone of doing something else? How how many times have you had someone come up to you and say, well, what what did you do about it? Oh yeah, this this happened quite a bit in a previous HR role where everyone felt that they should be privy to every piece of information. And certainly, I never would promise complete anonymity on things, and and I, I didn't I couldn't promise I'd keep all the information private. However, I would have to talk to people about, hey, you know, I. There is certain information that I want to protect because it's professional. And I say, you wouldn't want me telling everyone if you got written up, if you got a, you know, a warning or even a, a last, a final, a first and final, whatever it might be. I would tell them, you wouldn't want me telling other people. I need to give the same respect to this individual and tell you, yes, it's been handled, which we deem appropriate but I'm not going to share those details as it's not appropriate or professional. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to bring this subject up is I know people who, well, including my, my early HR segment of my career was, Hey, you're a recruiter. You've got all this great recruiting experience. You've done a little bit of HR. We're going to make you an HR manager. And so you have a lot of people that get into the HR side, very green, and oh, yeah. a, there are some where they may just have a business degree, not necessarily a focus in HR. And so this is one of the hardest parts of being an HR manager 
I believe, in, in the early part of your career, is not getting caught up in the momentum that people try to create or the emotion, like you just said, feelings aren't facts. You know, anyone that takes our podcast seriously and want, you know, tries to highlight some of the great uh, tidbits of info that Hannah Hampton throws out there for you. <laughs> I love that. I think that should be like number one. So put it above everything else other than let's put the human back in human resources. <laughs> but it's very true is I've said it before with just business in general that, you know, that's when I knew I, I grew as a professional and it took way longer than it should have was when I was able to pull the emotion out of it and right. just do the job. And then, you know, obviously it's, that is very hard to do early in your career, especially if you're in an environment where the cancel culture seems to be just flourishing and growing. It's almost like, Hatred in the sewers in New York and Ghostbusters 2, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I really would love to hear a little bit of, of some Hannah wisdom. And, lo- you know, let's start with, okay, so you, you addressed if the one person, mm-hmm. the complainant comes to you and, and wants to follow up. And they're, you know, you said, well, I can't really share all that with you. What do you do if that's not enough. If he or she looks at you afterwards and says, well, that's not acceptable. How do I know that you really did anything? How do I know that it's enough? What's going to keep them from doing it again? How would you address something like that? Well, that's, you know, I, I say it's a tale as old as time. Uh, I, you know, there's the people who have their beliefs on HR and some people don't trust HR. Some people think that HR's job is to represent the employee some people think HR's job is to represent the employer. Uh, you know, and I always tell people my job is to understand the truth and and handle it appropriately. And certainly, yes, there are bits and pieces where I have to protect the company, be it compliance, be it, you know, proper investigations. But I, you know, a lot of times I, if, if, if there's a situation where somebody is not happy with the result, of course, they'll come back and say, well, you're not doing your job. Or, you know, this is not right or whatever it might be. And I, I'll flat out say, like, I understand uh, that and I respect that you're not happy with this result. However, I did my job and I did a thorough investigation and feel that I have made the appropriate decisions and taken the appropriate measures. Now, I remind them that, you know, hey, we have a policy against retaliation we have a policy against, uh, you know, inappropriate behavior. So please feel free to report if this happens further and I will take appropriate action. But certainly I have people have not been happy with the result because they felt that it should have resulted in a termination or whatever it might be. But you just as an HR professional, you have to be OK with knowing that not everybody's going to be happy with what you find and the action you take. But you still have to move forward. You know, I, I look sometimes, I, I draw this analogy where I consider human resources like being an educator. And, you know, there's so many different approaches and philosophies of education. And then, you know, you have your hippie preschool teacher who yep. doesn't like to use common words like yes or no. And we talk about expression and, you know, she's got the long flowy dresses and she's everyone's friend. And, and those teachers typically make it to, you know, up to first or second grade, because at some point, 
reality kicks in and you've got to realize that almost no matter what your profession is, at the end of the day, if you really want to be great at what you do, you can't worry about being everyone's friend. And you have to accept that people are going to be unhappy with the decision. And if you stop and doubt yourself or try to backpedal and appease everyone, you're never going to get anything accomplished. And you're just going to get sucked into being a, a, a puppet of whatever public opinion is that week or that month or that year at work. No, that, that is exactly right. You have to remember that not everybody, you're never going to make everybody happy 100% of the time. So as long as you do your job with integrity, and, and, and I always say the key to HR is just being consistent, treating everybody the same. As long as you're doing that, you're going to, you're going to be in good shape, but you can't, you can't fixate or hang on to the fact that some people are going to be unhappy with decisions. Uh, and once you can get over that, you'll, as an HR professional, you'll be much happier because I think that that's something that I dealt with early in my career was I knew that some people were upset with decisions I made or however I decided to proceed and I would somewhat dwell on it. And I learned it's just, it's only just going to stress you out and make you upset. So just know that if you, as long as you are doing the right thing and being consistent, and even sometimes it can turn, you can turn it into a learning experience. I think some of the times when somebody is unhappy with something, they also might be green or new in their careers and don't understand uh, how it impacts other people versus just themselves. So I think, you know, those are all the things that I think about that help me with the fact that, hey, you know, it's okay that not everybody's going to like your decision or even even like you. So uh, it is what it is. <gasps> ah, I know. Right? I don't know that I believe there's someone out there that doesn't just adore <laughs> Hannah Hampton and her cute little face. Oh, thank you. Uh, there are. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, and I know like, we started talking about the, the cancel culture and got to this topic, but, uh, you know, I think these are all good things to remember. And again, in the, in the world of HR, you just have to, again, remember it's uh, the way I look at it. I am not the type of HR manager who is like all about red tape and like rules, rules, rules. And I know that people are like, what? HR is usually all about the rules. But I feel like as long as we're making good decisions that are, are good to people and good to the business, then you'll be in good shape. I would say as long as the wheels are not falling off the bus. <laughs> Yeah, the way I look at it, it's like what my old Uncle Olaf used to say is, you know, you're not doing your job well as a leader unless you're pissing some people off. Mm -hmm. That's how you know you're doing a great job or you're just a dick. It could be either one. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but I, I do think that you're right. I mean, if you if you're always swayed by the mob mentality or concerned with making everyone happy then, you know, let's throw another cliche in there. You can't make any omelets without breaking a few eggs. Um, and But that's really what you've got to do. I mean, if, if there's there's no decision that can be made that's going to make everyone happy no matter what you do. And right. um, I, I think that's what it comes down to. But how can you – do you have any ideas, Hannah, on how we can – if we see our culture is starting to create that mob mentality – or trying to dictate the actions of human resources towards certain policies, procedures, or people. How do you, you know, combat that type well, of infection yeah. in your office? 
That's a, that's a good question. So typically what I do is I like to, you know, it, it, it's almost like I like to almost treat the symptoms. And what I mean by that is have conversations with people and explain to them my process. Like, hey, I understand that you're upset about XYZ. You know, you're upset about whatever. Please understand that I am taking your concern very seriously, but I have to do my job in a professional and orderly way and and explaining to them like, hey, taking your concerns seriously, I'm going to investigate and I'm going to take appropriate action. So I truly like to see these, take these situations as helping people see outside of their, you know, outside of their perspective and understand what goes into an investigation. Because I've had that so many times where somebody has a complaint about another individual they just want them fired and they don't want, they don't want the due process uh, of, of the HR you know, investigation. But I explained to them it's not that easy. And to put yourself in their shoes, if somebody made a complaint about you, you would hope that the company would take appropriate steps in investigating, looking into it and taking appropriate action as to what was determined. So it's truly about educating the individual about what's going to be happening and asking them for that time and asking them for respect. Like, hey, it's really not appropriate for you to go around and, and talking about or complaining about. Like, certainly people have the right to complain about working conditions. I'm not saying that. But just explaining to them about uh, things from other perspectives, you know, outside of their own. Yeah, I think, you know, it really comes down to, you know, what I think one of the main arguments against the council culture is, is that it just doesn't enable the, you know, the person that has supposedly or let's say they have, let's just say they've done something that uh, requires some sort of action um, or they didn't, you know, the whole thing is we're not giving them a chance to you know, make up for it, to learn from it, to apologize from it. We're just saying, dude, that was a terrible thing to do. You're a horrible human being. You're now banished, you know, Mm -hmm. and then like, we're going to send them to like Boise, Idaho or something. No offense, Boise. But I mean, we've got, and don't get me wrong. There are, you know, when you look at the celebrity examples, wrong is wrong. I can give you, you know, let's, there's a couple examples out there that I think are so obvious, you know, obviously the Roseanne Barr thing, Definitely, there was something she needed to do differently and address it. And I don't know if she did enough. Um, and she lost a show, you know, and then but she, then she had another show kind of come back and she probably could have capitalized on it or made real changes. I don't know exactly what she's doing right now, but the show went on without her because at one point the cancellation, you know, the cancellation of the show was going to punish everyone involved the actors the people that worked on set we were you know there was this movement that wanted to basically take the food off the tables of everyone that worked on those shows Mm -hmm. and that's a bit much so we're not giving people a chance to do the right thing if it's something that's forgivable um yeah and you know and, and here's the other i think big point in our workforce is that you know I think it's it, you need to also remember to hear all sides of the stories. And I think sometimes even people jump to conclusions where they'll talk to the, the complainants, they'll talk to the witnesses, but then they forget to get the, uh, you know, accused their side of the story. And I think, you know, I, I've, I worked at a place where I remember I spoke to uh, an individual in the legal department and they said that they had an issue with 
previous HR professionals who would just make a decision without even talking to the person accused. And I think that piece about it, like you really don't feel like you got a fair shake because you didn't get to share your side of the story. Now, would it have changed the outcome? Maybe, maybe not. But we really need to take, I think it's all about taking the time to hear, you know, all the sides of the story before making decisions. And I think sometimes the cancel culture is just jumping to the decision before looking at all the facts. Absolutely. And it and let's not confuse what we're saying here with the fact that there are some zero tolerance policies that should be in place. Sexual harassment, discrimination. Mm -hmm. There is no, you know, if I have proof that you did any of those things, then bam, we're done. Um, so that's not the same. I mean, if what's the whole looking at is it severe or is it pervasive type of a thing? You know, uh, I one of the things that I always tell people, I'm like, oh, somebody tells you a dirty joke, you tell them, I'm offended by that, please stop, and they stop. That's all within. That's all. That's the right way to handle it. But if somebody's like, hey, it's it's Hannah's dirty joke of the day. And uh, people constantly complain that Hannah's telling dirty jokes. Uh, well, then that's when it gets to the pervasive side, you know. And then the severe would be, you know, sexual assault uh, and, and, and that whole side of things. So I said, remember the is it severe or is it pervasive? And that those are the those are the, the, the ways that you need to, to determine to take action. You know, that reminds me of. It was in the first season. I think it was either episode two or three of The Office where they had to have the speaker come in <laughs> because of Michael's uh, inappropriate comments. And um, he tried to get rid of the after the speaker left. He tried to hold his own conference and it was dealing with inappropriate comments regarding <laughs> race and things like that. And it was. I don't know if you could do that episode today. I don't, yeah. I don't I don't know if you could do that on television today, but that was <laughs> that was one of my favorite episodes of The Office of all time. Uh, so, Hannah, I think you've brought up some really good points, and I think this has almost made it necessary for us to do an episode on an investigation, even if it's a mini podcast. Yeah. So we'll definitely do that soon. Any closing words or thoughts on cancel culture? You know, it's... it's I guess my whole my whole thing is don't uh, I always say don't put the cart before the horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't put the cart before the whore. And uh, <laughs> oh, whore. Oh, horse. totally different story there. Great. You're going to want to sit down and have a talk with me after this yeah. uh, episode, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You better believe it. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like Mick Danzig may have just got himself canceled, but we'll definitely (laughs) pick up more on this in the future because I I do think there's a lot here. And uh, we look forward to our upcoming episode as far as HR investigations. Quit playing grab ass. Don't tell dirty (laughs) jokes. And by all means, do not watch The Office, or other inappropriate non-PC episodes on your laptop at work. Well, oh my goodness, Hannah, I've got a thing. So that's all the time we have for today. Okay, before you go, tell everyone how they can reach us. Absolutely, Hannah Hampton. Well, first (laughs) off, they can reach out to us via Twitter. So send us a tweet. Remember, Twitter does not police for adult content. We're at (laughs) HR underscore hours. 
Or if you're feeling a little more PG-13, check us out on Instagram at HR After Hours. And both of those sites, we do post things almost daily. So there's a little fun and a little, a little distraction from work there. And of course, you can shoot us an email at hrafterhoursmail at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you guys. So until next time. Oh, 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 oh